I saw you in the corner doing that as, as it was coming off, and I little chuckled to myself. Doing the doing the wrong side irons. I don't <laughs> yeah, not uh, like that. Right, on. welcome, uh, welcome back to the Pretty Bubbles podcast or the It's Coming Home podcast, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, I am joined by Matt and James, as the people on YouTube can see. Jamie is in Alton Towers uh, with his uh, girlfriend. I think it is his girlfriend, isn't it? But it's a poor effort not to be on the show. I'm not going to give think, him too much. I think the technical point. term is victim. But ah, yes, yes, you're right. I'm not going to give, <laughs> not going to give him too much abuse this week because we annihilated him last week. Bless him. Um, um, he, right. he did deserve it last week. Though, oh, so. massively deserved it. Massively, massively deserved it. Um, but we'll let him sort of have a week off this week. But if he does miss the, the semi-final, which he might potentially miss the semi-final, he will not get uh, a free hit. Uh, before the final podcast. Right, so, Saturday, 4-0. What a day. It's all right. What a great it? day. Uh, just a bit all right. Just a bit. It's not It's not often we get to see England demolish a team in a knockout stage of a football tournament. Um, but 4-0, uh, I thought it was very good. Uh, let's discuss it. Who wants to go first? James, go on, you give me your thoughts on the game. Um, just It's just brilliant to see us, like, I, I look, looking up at the screen and seeing 4-0. Like, it's just doesn't happen unless it's like a we used to it friendlies when we were playing bloody Azerbaijan middle of nowhere but when you're playing teams like you know the the quality of Ukraine in in a, in a latter stages of a tournament like 4-0 it's just these sort of games don't really happen to us very often I think the last time we've scored four in a tournament wasn't it against um, Holland in 96 or something but that wasn't yep. the knockout stages so the last time we scored four in a knockout stage of a 66 66 yeah with the final so it's it's almost like it's written in the stars but I don't want to say it <laughs> oh it's too late now you've said it no. <laughs> just don't want to just you know it's just it, so far the dream's big you know the boys the, the chemistry in the team just seems to be so superb at the moment Gareth's doing something right like at the end of the day, at this stage, even if we didn't get any further, I think you know you can't you can't fault the guy. Two semi-finals in two tournaments on the trot, like you know what an achievement. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. My, I've had a few. I've, I've, I've read a few people say this. You can't you can't fault him as a manager if we don't get further, because really, once you get out on the pitch, it is a it is a player's job. But. I would now really see this as a failure not to get to a final. Um, again, you can't blame him because he's got us however far and anything can happen in a day, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I do now see if we don't get to a final, it is a bit of a failure for the for the, for the team. Do you know what? I think what what, what you're saying now, I, I actually agree with there quite because I think given the team we've got, the run we've got, um, it probably is. And, you know, the quality we've got on our side... Um, with, uh, I think the only way we would probably be a little bit more lenient with that is if it was a penalty shootout, because that is tend to be a lottery, don't they? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I, again, I agree. Um, the flip side of that is, someone would argue that we should a team of our caliber should, you should be, win before you get to a penalty be, shootout. Be, yeah. yeah, be finishing yeah. it off before you it's have to worry argument. about penalties. Yeah. The only thing you look at is, um, and I didn't realize how high they were. They are tenth. They are ranked tenth in the world. So they're no mugs. All right, they're missing probably their best player um, through something no one would have thought of. And it's probably spurred them on to even greater heights than where they thought they were going to be because they, they lost the first game of the tournament. Um, 
So for them to be where they are now is fantastic. And they're a good side. Um, and we'll talk more about them as we go along. But yeah, for me, if we don't beat, beat these, if this was a qualifying match, we'd win this no hands down. Like, no, no, no problem. Just to win. add as well, they, they lost their first two games of the tournament. Two games. Because they lost to... The Finland game was obviously the first one. Yeah. Then they lost to Belgium in their second. And then they came set, uh, second in the group with three points in the end. All, second, third and fourth in that group all finished on three points. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these are... They're, they're no mugs, but then we should be beating these. That's it. That's how I see it. Um, Matt, talk to me about the game itself. It was, yeah, as James said, really, it was it's shocking to be watching England in the knockout game of a tournament. And normally you're sort of watching the clock and you're thinking either it's going so fast because we're chasing a game or it's just like, well, there's half an hour to go and the game's already dead. We were sort of watching the game at the cricket club and it's like you got to sort of 60 minutes when we've scored all four goals and it's like, well, it's a dead game now. And you're just, you're just not used to that as an England fan. Um, yeah. They were hurt when um, Chris, Chris, Christoph Christovov, the centre-half, had to come off injured. He was probably their best. Defensively, he's their most solid player, and especially from set pieces, which obviously we capitalised on in the second half with Maguire and Henderson's goals, both coming from set pieces. Um, I think it was like before this game, 30% um, of our goals um, had come from set pieces in qualifying and the tournament, and obviously we've added to that in, um, with the two... Uh, on the night, but I think in, just in general, it was it was definitely the most dominant performance we've had, um, which doesn't really say much because it, it's the first time we've really, really taken the game to a team and put them to the sword. Yeah. Um, I think Kane was back at his best. That goal against Germany has obviously boosted his confidence and scoring inside, what, three or four minutes, whatever it was, um, it's got to do wonders for your confidence. And it, I think it really showed when he had that left-footed volley um, if that would have gone in, that would have been probably yeah. goal of the tournament. Yeah. Um, so, and it would have been a perfect hat trick if that went in as well, which is the, which is a shame. The thing for me, what you just said then about the early goal, right? Remember, we at the post in or, or the woodwork in the first fifteen minutes of all three of our group games, right? And we've said, yeah, we've not looked great going forward, but if we score all three of those goals, each game's probably different because we settled down, we won it up. We'll, we'll create chances. Teams have then got to come and play differently at us. Probably, probably look at it and go, fucking hell, we've scored like four goals more than what we had done at this point anyway. It's just, and again, if we if we don't score that, and it's pretty lucky it falls to Harry Kane um, at that point. If it, do, if it doesn't go in, it's probably, it, well, it does, it's obviously a different game because you're not one up after three minutes. But you've got to think, luck, goals like that just changes a game. And if you, again, if you score early on Wednesday night, different game. Yeah, definitely. It just it just takes a weight off everyone's shoulders, and it would. I mean, I know it wasn't at Wembley, um, but in a game like that, it also just relieves the fans as well. So it's it just removes any real tension from the situation. Um, I think Gareth Southgate again did brilliantly um, in terms of his game management, um, and even the players he started. Like we we saw Sancho come into the starting eleven. He went back to the back four. Um, they and I think we really saw this is where. We've got that squad depth and a team like Ukraine haven't. They haven't got that depth on players to bring in. They played 120 minutes in their um, round of 16 game. So they didn't really have the fresh legs to bring in because anyone that they're bringing off the bench just doesn't have the same quality as the players that they've got in their starting 11. Um, so that's 
really what's what's done it for us as well. I think Sancho had a great game when he when he's come in and first time he's really been called on in the tournament and he, he offers something a little bit more different from the other players that we've played out on, on the right, whether it's Foden or Saka, in that he's right footed. And he was staying a lot wider and we in general we played a lot wider in this game than we have done in the other games. Um I see that um, I was just looking earlier. So in terms of the percentage that we played either down the left, down the right or down the centre, this is the lowest percentage of um, play we've had down the centre of um, in terms of touches that we've had in the centre of the pitch. So it just shows that we were pushing them up and pushing them wide, um, which is what you've got when you've got naturally natural sided players on either side. Um, so I think that was effective. And just the other a thing quick was, one while you're on, there, Matt, while you're there. Um, I'm just going to throw this over to James. Now, James, at the start of the tournament, we, talk, we, we spoke about Sancho quite in depth. And you said, like, you've not seen him play well for England. And what was your thoughts on his performance? Um, to be honest, I actually did enjoy his performance. And uh, I can't actually fault him at all. I think he played quite well. And uh, But one thing I will say, though, I think I preferred him when he was more central. He, he For some reason, he sort of he found a bit of time when uh, there was a period of the game where him and Sterling kind of switched places almost. And there was, a bit, it was he seemed to sort of attack the ball a bit more, I feel. I found when he was, it might have been because it was the first half, I'm not sure, but when he was on the right-hand side, I found he was always in so much space that I just weren't getting the ball out to him and he was quite isolated out there. And I'm thinking, we're not using him to his maximum ability here. And then at some point in the game, it kind of switched and mixed it up and Sterling found himself out there and Sancho was in the middle, got the ball and he was driving at players. And that that is kind of the player that, you know, I've been hearing about, but I've never really seen before in an English show. So maybe... That's what they just need to do with him. Just utilise him a bit more in the middle, get him on the ball a bit more, maybe. Maybe not leave him outside as exposed. I think, yeah, it works. It, it, it did. I, I can't obviously disagree. But out wide, when he gets a space to drive at people into space, that's where he's, he's most dangerous. He, you don't want him... All right, he, he done well doing that. You don't want him uh, four or five players around him. Uh, he done a lovely bit of skill, took it past two people, which was unbelievable. But you want him running at a left back. That's where it is his most dangerous for Dortmund, um, and that's why I like. I do like having a right, right and left side of midfielders uh, on the right side because you can you make the pitch wide. You can really go at defenders, and it, it gives you different options, especially with Kane in the box. You can yeah. put balls in the box, and you can be I dangerous. Think, I think so far. I don't know if it's just my observation. Obviously, you two and, and Tile to sort of you're probably likely to probably disagree. You might even agree and, sh- agree and shock me. Is um, the, the one player that I'm actually not looking forward to every time he comes on is Rashford. And I feel like out of everyone, like I'd look forward to Sancho coming on. I look forward to Foden coming on. Uh, Rashford, I think, is the only one that's not really had an impact just yet. And I don't know whether it's because it's the way we're playing. It's just not suiting him at the moment. I um, also don't think... It's just, in it's game, just not really in games he's come on, fought up this week, game's pretty much dead. Yeah. We don't, we don't really... He's, at United, they rely on him to be... Rashford, we don't really rely on him to be like that. We've got Grealish, we've got Sancho, we've got Foden. We don't have to just rely on him, and he probably don't get enough of the ball to be a danger. Um, yeah, well, hopefully, we don't need him in this in the rest of the tournament. But if it does come to point we do need him, I reckon if we do need him, he'll be the one to step up. I think because he he loves being that sort of person to step up and do it. 
Yeah, possibly. I just, you know, he's. But yeah, I, I, don't, I, 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 I can't, agree I can't with you. I can't disagree with you, mate. He's not been the best. I can't. Yes, he hasn't, he hasn't been the other, best. The other players, I just, I think, like they've really, like, sort of had a little impact. Sterling has completely blown me away this tournament. As much as like we all, I, I know you, you've always been quite a strong advocate for him, ain't you, Daryl? Like you've always liked him from day dot. Um, I know he was obviously a talented player. You don't play for Man City. If you're not talented, you're not good enough at all. And I know how good he has been for England in the past. So naturally, you'd you'd want to go to him. As, but I can see why people weren't really on his side to start with because of the form he's had this year. And there's other players that might have deserved their shot. Given that, I'll go. Opportunity. I'll go to the point where yeah, I am. I'm probably his biggest advocate out of us four. But for the yeah. first three games, he did play well. Yeah, but it, what he does, he does, he does it for City as well. He steps up with important goals and he's yeah. done it for England in this tournament. And if you don't have someone like him, if you say, say for what we were saying at the start, you play uh, Grealish, Foden and Mount, who is the other one? Mount, that's the three we, people said at the start, right? If you're at that point, probably don't score Sterling's header, probably don't score the one against Germany because they're not them sort of players that could get themselves in that position. So you have to, uh, we have to give him Credit, all the gym in the world for scoring yeah, goals. Again, definitely. he's not—he's not been the Sterling that we all know and really love because he's not been amazing. But if he's scoring goals, he's undroppable. Yeah, and like that pass yesterday, the other day was like ridiculous. Yeah, was, unbelievable. Yeah, I've not really heard people talk about that either. Like if that was Javi and Iniesta, they yeah. would be constantly talking about. Yeah, that. yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely fantastic that um, pass, and that's what he's got. He's got that in his locker. He—he'll he, be the one. That if he's on, um, if he's playing at any point, he's the one that will scare defenders because he's like he can take it past them. It, it can be so dynamic in that England side. All right, we all want to see uh, Greaves play more because we, we know what he can do. But Sterling is the one in that side at the moment people will be petrified of because it what he's he's terrified. It will terrify defenses with his pace. It's just un, it's unpredictable, so you don't. He's really, right. Um, it's, it's just a bit. <laughs> This is going to, because he's in a totally different league and a totally different player to Antonio. But he is, he's unpredictable. Antonio scares people because he's unpredictable. Antonio has no idea what he's doing, so defenders have no fucking idea what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's how Sterling sort of is, but Sterling's a better quality than Antonio is. And West Ham fans might not agree with me, but he is. Sterling well, is a better quality. They, they should. <laughs> if they yeah, don't agree, then he's just outright biased. West Ham fans are a fickle bunch, as are England fans, and he's just a better player. That's it. And that's what he is. Um, Couple of things I want to talk about before we move on. The two midfielders again for sixty minutes were oh, phenomenal, unreal, absolutely phenomenal. And I'll give you Stu, what's a cracking header by Jordan Henderson when he come on? Finally, got his first goal for England. England. I am seeing all over Twitter, all over social media. Henderson <laughs> has now got a start for England, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, has he fuck? Right? And I, I hope. You two will agree with me because I know you know you've got both like. Henderson's a great player, right? We haven't considered the goal yet with two holding midfielders. Now, I, I wasn't a, a fan of two holding midfielders. Let's put it that way. I don't but, think anyone was there. And if but, they say they were, I think they'd probably be fibbing slightly, you know? Rice, Rice has grown into this tournament. Completely grown into it. Against Germany, after being booked, he was phenomenal. 60 minutes uh, Saturday, phenomenal. Uh, Phillips. He's not. He's. He, I think his one bad game was the Scottish game where he just didn't look into it. Other than that, he's been unbelievable. Why change? And, and Matt, I'll ask you: Why change a winning side, or not a winning side? Because we have seen him change a winning side. Why change a winning formula 
of that two holding midfielders? Yeah, you, you don't really. Um, it would, I think it would be slightly different if we were leaking goals and we were sort of struggling a bit in that department. But where we've built such a solid foundation, whether it's with a back five or a back four or a back three, whatever you want to call it, you just there's no need to change it. And it, it seems by all accounts as well that they get on really well on and off the pitch. So they've got that rapport. They're getting on. They're playing well together. They seem to feed off each other. There's, there's no need to change anything like that. Yeah, you could bring Henderson on if you're chasing a game and you need a bit more control of the ball and you want someone who's going to spray a few more passes about. But as you say, I think Rice has really grown into this tournament as it's gone on. Like Almost scored the other night with his absolute rocket that almost beat the keeper. And I think there's just... I don't see... People seem to think that, oh yeah, he came on and he scored. That means he should start. There's, there's no logic there. But just... Your, your central slash holding midfielders aren't really there to get your goals, especially not in this system and this formation that we're no. playing. It's not as though you're like your Lampard and your Gerrards and they're there to make those late runs into the box and contribute with goals. We've got the front four or five there to do that. That's their job. We don't need our, our central midfielders to do that. So it, it'd be, I'd be, my, my mind would be blown if, if he started. And even more so because both Rice and Phillips came off because they were on that yellow card. So they're obviously yeah. being protected and rested yeah. for the semi. Isn't that, that's rescinding now, isn't it, as well? Yeah. yeah. The only Excellent. way they miss the final now is if they get sent off. Brilliant. Uh, I'll say that. Let's hope. <laughs> you know what, though? Talking of that, right? I sent this tweet out earlier. It's absolutely gone mental. I've never had a tweet do this before, ever. Right? Look at this. Look at the likes and the... Uh, Retweets. I can't. I can't even read it. So can you not? Eight hundred and forty-seven likes and twenty-eight retweets. Hang on. It's crazy, and it's. But the comments all seem so like positive, but you do get the odd person that is like the Irish people saying that Rice shouldn't be playing and all this. Stuff. <laughs> you know, what I mean? just like oh come on. I I was actually for the 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 feed that I was looking about looking at for the Henderson. Uh, question earlier the amount of the amount of liverpool fans that were just even they were saying and I, there was a lot of fans still saying henderson's a start and it weren't mainly liverpool fans but a lot of liverpool fans going he ain't even that good like he is a good player he is but does he right now in this system is he better than phillips and right no i'd say the thing is with that is that at the end of the day you don't be liverpool captain if you're not a good player I know that's not what you were saying. Um, but do you make a change for the sake of it? No, of course you don't. Now, at any point, if, for example, Phillips or Rice had, a, had an absolute mirror, then absolutely, you bring, in your cap, you bring in the captain, you bring in the leadership, and you you know, you know change the game that way. And and I'm pretty sure, like, in the day, if they're, if they're a team, and you've, I could, I'm getting the feel that they have got a good team, team ethos there, that they just want to see everyone win games. So whoever's in, they're proud of whoever's playing. They want, they don't want, it's not like club football where you want your kind of, you want the, the colleague to sort of slip up a bit so you get a bit of game time. This is an international tournament. Surely they want the best for their own players. Well, this is this is something that, um, I can't remember, I was speaking to about it. Like, we, we, all three of us remember 10, 15 years ago, these, these tournaments back then where the rivalries in football in, in the Premier League were so big like your Arsenal's, the Arsenal United rivalry and stuff like that. So big that players didn't like each other. Like, you'd get to major tournaments and players really were not friends with each other. You look at it now, social media probably helps out because they can connect on a different level and gaming and stuff like that. But they're all friends. Like, you you watch a lot of the background stuff on Twitter that, um, 
England show and the videos of them in the pool. Like, it looks like they're just a big group of mates on a lad's holiday. They get to play football yeah. with each other. Like, I, think, I couldn't think of anything better. Yeah, I think kind of what I think is interesting about that, I think social media has actually had a little bit of an impact on that. Because in the old days, in 96, I was listening to Stuart Pearce on TalkSport, and he was saying how, because they didn't have any social media, that the media actually just ridiculed them. So they couldn't actually do anything without doing anything wrong. So almost like they had, like they could, and, and with this being so open and, you know, everyone's seeing how much the, 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 the players are all enjoying each other's company and you've got this social interaction online, you've got the banter and like Roy, it's, it's kind of Roy Keane's nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> like he, this is like the sort of crap that he can't stand, but this is the sort of stuff that has probably made this team what they are now. But I think, you're bang I think on that as well, point. in general, cult, culture's sort of shifted as well. Like in the the teams of like the '90s and early 2000s, more so the '90s. It was the, like you had like we obviously had the dentist chair. There was a lot more of like a drinking culture, well, and players would do that and go out. Whereas now it's more of like in their downtime, the players will play cod or like have a couple of games of pool or table football or something like that. It's it's a completely different atmosphere in the camp, which. I think yeah. they, they take that away because they spend so much time doing stuff like that in camp. They take that away. They're probably still chatting in WhatsApp groups all the time and things like that. And whereas that just wasn't an option 15, 20 years ago. I yeah. just, I just think that a banter they've, they've probably got on a WhatsApp group. They're all in a in the same camp together, but you're probably all chatting to each other all times of the day. Declan and Mason are, are, are best mates. Like they all get on. It's brilliant to see a, a young England side. They're only going to get better as as the years go on. Be like this already. And I think it's fantastic. Some, and and just to think, you've got like Mason Greenwood coming in as well. Like, wow. Yeah, like I, I, I've been. I, my favourite video is about a uh, baby for Saka. Yeah. Like he just seems such they a funny down to earth lad. He was on yeah. that unicorn earlier on. Just yeah. like, I was in yeah, bits. I was in bits and in, in me that golf club. It's just it's it's nice to see. We we all get nervous when England play, especially now in 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 um knockout football because we've seen England over the last well I'm 32 now I've seen England over the last 32 years fuck up in knockout football um but you look at it now and you get to see these boys just relax you, I'm not as nervous as what I have been in the past because they, they're a team that want to play football agree. together I completely it's agree it's, honestly it's great it's weird it almost doesn't feel right that I'm watching England and not being nervous and, which is why it's going to hurt even more yeah. when we and <laughs> this is one of the first years leading into a tournament where press hasn't gone after a player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, had the, we had the Rooney incident, we've had the Beckham incidents, uh, talk about the, the, the dentist chair that was in Hong Kong. That got absolutely annihilated in the papers, That the, the dentist chair. And I think um, a lot of that had to do with, in 2018, there was a lot of talk about um, how, and obviously it, it's not so much now this tournament with COVID and stuff like that, but... In 2018 in Russia, they were very open with the press and they let the press come into the camp and things like that. And they'd have like table tennis matches against press or darts and things like that. And they get get to know the people rather than whereas previously there's always been more of a standoffish relationship and they don't really let them in and see the yeah. inner workings. Especially gonna, like the, the Capello area. The Capello area yeah. didn't let anyone in. No. Yeah, I was going to say that, Mig. Like basically, like I watched a video the other day. It was Harry Kane. He was... Um, one of them guys from Love Island is like the presenter for it now. He does like this Sucker like England channel thing on on YouTube, and he and they Wes, do like, uh, not Wes Nelson, Josh Denzel. Yes, it, yes, it the Josh, yeah. Den stuff. 
yeah, that's it, lines then. And he had like Harry Kane answering questions from fans on webcam. Like it's just such a good like interaction thing. Like it gets people like really on board following the team because like some of these he's not our hero, but he is some of these people's heroes. And it's to the, talk to him on a live camera, like how cool is that during a tournament? It's the same as um there's a few different Twitter things like that now and, and streams like Chunks and uh Philly yeah. when they get with players, uh like the Mason Mount and the Sterling stuff. It's just funny. You get to see these boys that we yeah, only so. see get we only see these 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 lads really for ninety minutes a week. Play football, which we all love doing, but they play football for thousands of thousands of pounds. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's only a game of football. We get to see these boys just be natural people. And you, you see them for who they are and you get a better uh better respect in a in a way, but you become more familiar with these players. And that's what that's what social media does really well. Um, yeah, but the backlog of that is then you get people slating Jack Wilshere for jumping out of a washing machine when he's getting under 50 grand a week. But obviously, I'm there's, obviously there's bad sides of social yeah, media. We see, that with, we see that with trolls and um, people making players doing silly things and getting called out on Twitter. Like if, if Mario Balotelli was doing what he'd done 10 years ago now, like. It'd be even worse, right? It, Pro- it probably it, is. Probably is, but he's so out. Of the, <laughs> he's so out of the game now that we don't really hear about it. But like the fireworks stuff, if he'd have done that and it was all over Twitter and stuff like that, you wouldn't hear the end of it. Um, but it is. It's great to. It's great to see these England boys like that, and I can't wait for Wednesday already. Like I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm a, I'm a good nervous for Wednesday. Yeah, it's more like really butterflies good. rather than sick nerves. Like I say, up we are an early goal. We're old enough to remember the the Germany knockout in 2010, the Portugal knockout. It was it was dreadful for those three days waiting, waiting for games. So it's not too dissimilar from Croatia in the semi final. It was it was a nice butterflies because we're playing well. Right, and if I think I think, get, I think now the squad's better and more rounded as well. I think the the football, especially in that last game, was just so yeah. good. Um, it was just it's just refreshing, isn't it, to have this sort of changing atmosphere. The thing is, I'm still of the opinion that it's a tournament too early. And right, and it, if the draw had worked out differently, that we'd have played these bigger teams earlier, it might it might have been. But we're there, so really, it's not a tournament too early. You go to next December when you've got Foden and another year older Greece, another year older Greenwood. These players, we could be an even bigger force than we are now. Um, and Italy, <laughs> the Italy and Spain don't want us in the final. Definitely. No way. Not. No way, especially all right. It's Denmark, Denmark or us. Of course, you want Denmark, but they will. They would have looked at that and gone, "Please, not England." Oh yeah, right. the, the, you know what I mean? like so, it's not often like we always, you know, as a nation, actually, we're a bit more pessimistic because because of what we've dealt with in the last fifty years. So you know, going into these tournaments, we're not always. We're always like second favourites. We're never ever favourites to I win always, a match. Yeah, in the highest I, always, I also think. Wembley helps massive. It is Wembley, huge. Wembley is a fortress for us, and it has been for years and years and years. And you can take us back to however far you go. But the last final that was at Wembley was '66. If if <laughs> fate, all right, it's not a World Cup, but it could be the second one on second one at Wembley. We win it again. It could happen. And those, the fact that it's sixty thousand fans on Wednesday night, that place is going to be electric. It's going to be rocking. Um, yeah. uh, unbelievable. Like, I can imagine if we got an early goal, that place yeah, would be ridiculous. Like, I, I could have gone down here with, with Matt and that. I've got, there's 30 of us, 30 from my Saturday football team. 
going down the courthouse. We've got that's one a, area. That's a big squad. It, yeah. And that's 30, <laughs> that's 30 of us on a Wednesday night. That is going to be like the atmosphere just in a pub is going to be amazing, let alone at the ground. All right. You've got hopefully that if England go out, they've done me proud. It'll be a failure, but they've done us proud. They've given us something to enjoy in a real shit period of life really so we've, we've just got to go over it and, and fingers crossed for the boys on on wednesday night right yes. anything else you want to discuss from wednesday i just want to throw one thing out there and it's yes. the, this is the game where we've sort of where we've spoken about in previous games we've sort of let the opponents have the ball a lot more and then we haven't really pressed this this was a bit of a change of tact um and i think it probably comes down to the fact that again that they don't necessarily have the the players with the the, the ability of the ball at their feet, especially in their across their back line and and in the centre of midfield until it gets to Zinchenko, um, and also the fact that they were tired from the previous game. So I was re- reading that the the average um, progress per possession in yardage for the opposition in our games this season, Croatia was 20 yards per possession, Scotland was 26 yards per possession, Czech Republic 17, Germany 20. Last um, in the last game, it was 11 yards per possession. So <laughs> we just did not give them any time on the ball. We pressed, founded them, we pressed, pressed them, pressed. and again, that's that's where that Sancho and Mount, two players that are higher up the pitch, were really doing a lot of that pressing. That, uh, is, so, that is one thing that I, I will give credit to Rashford for. When he came on, then them four boys up front, they and half pressed that defence right in that final third. And that's what you get, and it's it, it just shows. I think Southgate again with his. He's, he's so tactically flexible and he's willing to do what it takes to win a game. We'll change it. I was reading, I think it's like 35 or 36 matches in a row now that England have named different starting 11s. We haven't named the same starting 11 for years. And it just, it's whether that's, sometimes it's injury, sometimes it's just who's available and who's informed. But a lot of that is going to be who do you match up against in the opposition? How are you going to play? And you've got to play the players to, to sort of carry out your philosophy. I know you can't... Um sort of compare the two because one's international one's club manager but uh pep is very similar he very rarely keeps uh the same 11 and he changes it for reasons as you said tactics matchups i'm pretty uh, sure he does it just to fuck over fantasy football managers <laughs> you're, probably, <laughs> you're probably not wrong with that either but he matches up it, they're so and for premier league teams as well you have very little time to obviously turn around and they do a lot of their work England, you get a lot more time to look at your, look, look at your play again. It's obviously not in major tournaments uh, at this point, but they're not silly. They'll they'll have people doing all the homework. They'll be they'll be ready for Wednesday night. They'll be they'll be fully ready. And your stat there wouldn't surprise me if it's around about the same thing Wednesday. They'll get after Denmark early doors. They won't let them play football because that's where Denmark get dangerous if you start letting them come forward. Um, defensively, I still think you're a bit bit shoddy. Just get out and get them, get out them early, and we'll and we'll do them right. Let's go to a break. Um, and we'll come back and we'll discuss them Mark Wednesday night at Wembley. Okay, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock at Wembley, the fortress, the arch they call it these days, the old Twin Towers. Um... Should we do uh, should we do Matt's stats first? Is he ready? No. I've got it again. <laughs> what a day. Done him. Absolutely done him. Two in a row as well. 
Um, so yeah, we'll the head to head a little bit more. So I'll let, I'll let you actually have guesses this time, seeing as there's a few more fixtures. We played each other 21 times uh, over the years, going back to the first fixture in September 1948. So out of those 21, how many have we won, Daryl? 11. <sighs> that was my guess. I'm going to go 12. It's 12. Ah, it's my first <laughs> ever victory. <laughs> uh, yeah, one twelve, drawn five, lost four. Um, we were we well, the thing is we were really dominant in those early years. Um, then, in fact, the most two recent fixtures we haven't won, and they were both in the Nations League, and they've both been in the last twelve months, um, September and October last year. We drew nil nil away and lost one nil at Wembley. Out of interest, have you got the team at hand that we played that day? Uh, in the last game, at, yeah, I have. Um, it's it, 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 it does read quite differently. Um, so it was Pickford, uh, Walker, Maguire, uh, Cody, James, Rice, Phillips, Mount, Maitland, Niles, Rashford and Kane. So not so, massively different. No, there was no Water Sterling... Changes. Yeah. There was no Sterling, uh, there was no, no Sancho, stones. No, no stones. Yeah, so it was it was a little bit different. Uh, and that was a, a Christian Eriksen penalty that um, cost us a game. And that was also the game where Maguire got sent off um, just before, I think it was around about, just before half-time. And I think we got another red card really late on. Um, I can't remember who got sent off. Good day of the boys then. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it can only get better from that. Um, last time... We played them at the Euros. We actually played them at the Euros in '92 when they won it. They won it. They won um, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and we that was a nil-nil draw there. That was in the group stages. Um, and the last time we played them in a major tournament at all um, was the 2002 World Cup when we beat them three-nil in the second yeah. round thanks to uh, a Thomas Sorensen own goal and goals from Michael Owen and Emil Heskey. Yeah. Because then we got beat in the next round to Brazil. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Is that the end of your stats, Matthew? That is the end of my stats. Although, I will throw out one more, just a general one. They've scored the most goals at the Euros so far. They're on 11. Mm. Ah, fair. Yeah, they did. But they, what? They've got two at the weekend. Will they get four the other night? Uh, four in a round before. Yeah, fair, fair play to them. They had to score goals, obviously, get through the group as well um, yep. in that last game. So, fair play to them. Right. That only counts in 90 minutes, sorry. I'm not because yeah. otherwise Spain would have scored more because of their yeah. extra time. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. So Wednesday night, um obviously we're all very, very, very uh ready for it already. Um already I've got another two days to go for yet. Today's been the longest day of my life. Although um, <laughs> tomorrow, at least tomorrow we've got the other game. Yeah. Yes. And we'll which we'll, will be we, a good game. Should we quickly discuss that one first? And get a prediction. So um, at Wembley as well. Again, I, I believe sixty thousand fans for that game as well. Um, yep. Italy, Spain. Who wins? Go, James. I, I'm going to go for an Italy win. Uh, I just think they're too strong at the back, and Spain. I think have got lucky recently. I don't. I think they're playing good football. Like they are, when I watch them, they're going. They're knocking the ball around like beautifully. But I feel like they're just missing that cutting edge striker that I think at the moment Italy are just. They're just scoring the chances they're getting. And um, I think they're probably the closest team that have been like us this tournament. 
um, especially defensively. So I don't know. I just can't. I just think I'd be very surprised if Spain got through, considering how I feel like they've been played against Switzerland and stuff. You know, so I'm going to go for an Italy win. Probably I'm going go for a KG two one. I think they're going to concede their, their well. They have conceded a goal, and they yeah. their second goal. Mick, um, I yeah, it is a tough one. Um, Spain had sort of hit a bit of form, um, but then sort of stumbled uh, in the quarterfinals, just sort of getting past uh, Austria. Was wasn't it? Uh, Switzerland, they, Switzerland. Switzerland. Sorry, yeah. Um, so they sort of they sort of struggled a bit, um, and Italy. I mean. Italy were just at the, it was proper old school Italy shithousery yes. um, yeah. that got them past Belgium. Um, I read it in the for the last twenty one minutes of the game, the ball was in play for nine minutes. <laughs> like that is just. And there was one point when they had um, Belgium had a free kick about thirty five yards from goal, and Berardi just charged it down. And I think it was Berardi anyway. And by the time the free kick was taken, he was about five yards away from the ball. So they had to pull it. He got booked. They put it back to retake the free kick, and then they made a sub before they could retake it. And you're just like, oh my, that is just. Yeah. It, it's so bad. You've got to appreciate how just over the top and ridiculous it is. But I just think they probably got too much. Um, like James said, Spain just seemed to not have that real focal point of the. I know they've. They had like the last game of the groups and then the Croatia game uh, where they, they scored five in each, but they've had to create a lot of chances to score those. Their XG is like well over what they've actually scored. Um, yeah. They've created so many chances that they've wasted and Italy will punish you if you do that. Um, so I will put my neck on the line and go for a 3-1 Italy win. Big score. Um, I, I hope more than anything, that Spain somehow get a result. Because um, Italy, as you said, Italy, Italy looked like the old Italy. Um, if they get, if they go one and up against us, we won't get back into it. Um, and I trust our team to do, to get back into games. Italy just don't allow that, don't allow that to happen. That's, that's what Italy are like, that's what Italy have been like for donkey's years. Um, Spain have enough to, Spain have enough to score goals against them. We've seen that, they've got enough to score goals against them. It's, can they finish their chances? Uh, and there's going to be a day where they do finish their chances, and let's just hope that it's this one. Uh, yeah. Italy become a lot weaker without uh, is it Spinazzola? Yeah, that's a big loss for them. That is that he was playing some unbelievable football for them. But they've got Insigne, Immobile. He's, he's been playing. Well. Uh, Chiesa played the other Chiesa, night. Yeah. He, looked, he looked incredible the other night. Like they've got some real good players as well. And if Spain are not on it they could find themselves getting hammered. Um, I was um, listening to the uh, James Lawrence Alcott, his preview of this earlier. Yeah. Um, and I love his channel, like the, the, the analysis he does of games and the real gets into the, the tactical oh, good, and the stats, which is yeah. obviously right up my alley. And he said sort of earlier, like they're a team where they don't really have a plan B. They have a plan A, which is they're sort of front three (laughs) and they all sort of intertwine and they don't really have set positions. They're all running and they're confusing defenders. And then you've got whoever's in the center mid sort of doing like the the midfield three doing something similar. And whereas if that's not working for a team like England, Southgate will probably change it up, switch the formation or something. What Italy do is they just change the players and then you've got fresh legs doing the same thing against the same defenders and running loads. And it sort of just gets a bit overwhelming. And you saw that when like the other night, 
they brought on Belotti, they brought on Berardi, and they brought on um, Cristanti. And, like, and you look at the, the goals they've had off the bench this this tournament as well. Locatelli got two coming off the bench. Um, Pessina got goals coming off the bench. So that's where they really have their effective. They just hit you with a second wave of the same thing rather than trying to mix it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. And we also know what Immobile is like. He can score goals. Like you know, he's a more he's quite a clinical striker, and he so you've got. Um, Tell so what I found interesting about that, Matt, because I watched it too, was the, uh, the the heat patterns of the passing and yeah. how narrow and how narrow Spain play. And yeah. I'm wondering if we did come against Spain, whether we would play the wing backs to force them out wide, out of their position, out of their tactics. We'd probably have to try to. That's what they'd go for, I reckon, because yeah, like you say, they're yeah. so narrow with um, their sort of it's. They have Bushgets, Koke, who's come back in. Um, so they all really just have small passing triangles, yeah. fairly central. And then from there, that's where they look to... Because they just look to pass teams to death, um, which is what Spain have done for the last sort of 15, 20 years. That's what could hurt Italy. If Spain can keep the ball well, um, they're, they're going to they're gonna stop Italy playing. But if Italy can break that up and break at pace, <laughs> there's only one winner. Uh, Spain have Spain have got to be absolutely clinical to win this game for me. Yeah, uh, I know what you're saying, and uh, I think if it goes to penalty, then penalty penalty shootout the other day, how atrocious was that? That has got to be one of the worst yeah. penalty shootouts I've seen in a Consider- long time. Considering the Swiss banned five out of five the other night with them same sort of players, that was a I, couldn't believe it. I was I was actually angry. I never thought I'd be angry at Switzerland. <laughs> It was just the fact that you had it on a plate and you just messed it up. The only thing I look at it now is, right, and we were angry that Switzerland got beat. Um, but now at least there's a team that can potentially beat Italy. Yeah, uh, true, true. That's the only thing that you can sort of... They've got potential to beat, to beat Italy. I know Italy are unbeaten in a lot of games, but none of us are talking about Italy really at the start of the but, tournament. But Italy are going to respect Spain more than probably respect Switzerland, aren't they? Uh, so. Yes, but the way Italy played against Belgium the other night, I've probably not got a lot of respect for anyone because they just absolutely tore them apart. Um, so I think Italy are just Italy are just a very good side that went under the radar for for a while. And but the good the thing only, is we're a bloody good side. Oh, so. without a doubt. The only thing that you look at Italy, their their front sort of seven eight players, whatever you want to talk about, are young, got a lot of a lot of um, future in them. Their two centre halves are old old blokes. <laughs> potentially probably their last tournament they might get to the world cup if they're picked but they're still they're still unbelievable but they are you can get the beating of them if you get it right yeah that's, that's the good thing it. about the world cup the world cup is literally only next year yeah. so they've probably got more chance yeah obviously they've not considered many goals they've been very good but i can see kane and the likes of our players really getting at their two center halves if we can get in the game but that's for that's the uh next podcast if we get there and if we get there right england um I'll ask the question first. Um, we should win. Matt, are we going to win? And how do we win this game? Of course we're going to win. Um, why, why would you even ask that question? Oh, yeah, because we're on a podcast. We have to talk about it. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah, we should. Look, there's no reason, again, we shouldn't win. Wembley's a massive factor. You're going to have 60,000 fans there, the vast majority of which are going to be English and getting behind the team. Um, like, don't get me wrong, the, the way they recovered from the opening game and everything that's happened with Ericsson, um, they deserve so much credit for the way they've come back since then. Um, just about getting through the group stages. And then they really sort of have found their form from there. The, um, 
they're, gonna, they're probably going to go with a back three and wing backs. Um, that's what they've been doing for the most part. And like, is it Marla or Mailer? I'm not sure exactly how yeah. you pronounce his name. Um, at left wing back, um, he he's looked really good. The ball he put in with the outside of his right foot um, for their second goal against the Czech Republic was just incredible. Um, and he's he's got 12 carries into the penalty area, which is more than anyone else at the Euros this season. So um, he he's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how we keep him quiet. Um, it's going to be interesting if we go with the back four again. Um, I would probably say that Southgate's probably leaning towards that purely because it worked well for us in the previous game. I can imagine that we'll be pressing higher up again purely because we've got fresher legs in general. Um, again, with that squad depth, you could probably see maybe Sancho come out again and you might get Saka back in depending on what the status of his injury is um, because I think if we push them high up the pitch, that's when... Um, they might struggle a bit more because I don't think they've really had that test probably since they played Belgium. Um, yeah. And we're the toughest team that we're, they're going to have played since then. I also think with their back three, if we can push them high up, high enough up, they're going to have to, they're not going to be able to go one-on-one. On yeah, they're not going to be able to go one-on-one on with Kane. They're not. Um, they'll have to, two, two of their centre lines have to go up against Kane. So if we if you play um, sort of that four two three one, which we have been playing, our two wide men could get so much space. Um, you could really overload if you could pick the ball up early. Um, now we we changed our formation for the Germans. Did Denmark change it for us and go more solid with a back four? I don't see it happening. I think they've got their sort of their system which they believe in and works for them. Um, it's it's got them this far. Um, so I don't see them changing it. I, and I don't think yeah. that going to a back four would help them either. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think it would necessarily make them more solid. They might, if anything, what will happen is the wing backs won't be as attacking. They'll yeah. sit back more rot and go into more of a back five. Um, but then that's when we would look to have to press them as high up the pitch as possible. Um, and like get recoveries in your, in their, in their defensive third. Like if you, if you can win the ball high up the pitch um, with all of your front four pressing, then, then you're going to get chances. Um, yeah. So I think that I mean, they're not a bad side. They've got obviously a couple of Premier League players in there still with Vestergaard and Hoidberg and well, Delaney. Um, Delaney played in the Bundesliga. Oh, yeah, so they've, they've got some talent in there. But again, I look at one to eleven. Who's who's going to get into the England side out of that? The only person I'd probably Possibly argue Schmeichel. the case for is Kasper Schmeichel. <laughs> yeah, and that, other than that, that's and, I don't uh, think Hoi- anyone else does. Hoiberg Hoi- plays for him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't yeah, think he gets in over Rice or Phillips, especially the way they're playing no, at the moment. No, I think we'd probably pick him that sort of calibre of player for the squad. Um, yeah. Definitely. So, but that's that's another thing. Like that's leading what I was going to say. Like who who would you replace any of their players with in our team? And probably probably none really, apart from maybe the ones we just mentioned. The only one um, that would sort of get the only one that sort of get close would have been Ericsson, but obviously, yeah. yeah and Ericsson is another squad player. Yeah, definitely. Um, It'd definitely be in that rotation system for us, probably hundred percent. But that's another thing, like like that's no disrespect to them either. Like they are a good bloody side, and they've they've got that. You've got the passion behind. Like remember, every other nation except England will be supporting Denmark in that game. We've got no allies in this world. So you know, we've, the only thing that's got we've got going for us is our is our momentum the skill and ability that we've got in our squad, the talent, and also the crowd. We're going to have that massive, big impact to that Wembley crowd. And if we get on top of them early doors, we get another early goal, we settle the nerves, 
they're going to have to come out at us. And that's when I think our players, like your Rashfords, like your Sterlings, like your Greedishes, they're just going to feed on that that open space. Kane's going to have a field day if that's the case. And let's just hope that, you know, we 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 are solid again at the back. But I've got to look at it from their perspective, right? They're going to look at us and think, right, how the hell are we going to break this team down? They've not played a team like us except for Belgium. So how are we going to get through these guys? And like you said, the way they're going to do it is probably stick to their strengths, Matt. And they're probably going to keep the same system that they know. It'd be like what we do with West Ham. You know, we we know how we can beat bigger teams. We we put, normally set up that back five. And they're probably going to do the same thing and maybe try and catch us on a counter-attack or something. But it is, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting what Southgate, Southgate does because I think, you know, we've, we've all seen both systems work really well. And uh, we've, we've just come off the back of a 4 0 win. Um, is it a good idea to change it? Probably not. You know, the boys, the, the boys are probably professional and good enough to change it if they want to. Um, but I do think you know you've got to go with go with what what I think. We've got to attack them. We've got the to only, go for, the, for only, the only change that gets made is Saka for someone. Yeah, if it's and, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the only change because Mount Mount plays uh, not Saka, sorry, Sancho out for someone. Uh, I don't know if potentially Saka comes in because there's four or five that could come in. Um, yeah. I I personally stay with Sancho, um, but then Saka did put a foot wrong in the two games that he played either. You might think, you, think, you might potentially say Saka for Saturday against Italy. He preferred him against the two bigger games. It's the final on Saturday now. Sunday, sorry, Sunday. <laughs> That's, That's good. good. I wish <laughs> it was. I, I wish it was my booking. I wish it was Saturday because then I wouldn't have to go back, worry about going to work hungover uh, Sunday morning, uh, Monday morning. Monday morning. Yeah. You're, you're all over the place. Here I'm, with all, your over days, I'm all over the gap, mate. I'm all over the gap. So yeah. funny. My uh, the friends' house I went round. Like we uh, we've been I've been around there for every game so far, right? And the one game that Emma came with me around there, we drew nil nil with Scotland. Right, so she, so Rick was like, "No, you need to stay at home now. You're bad luck." So we obviously come back. We we had the two 0 win against Germany, and then we had the uh, the four 0 win last this week, last week, and and I was like, "Do I invite Emma around?" He said, "Don't you fucking dare invite Emma." <laughs> <laughs> She's staying at home, mate. Uh, She's not even coming around here in this house at all. It's Love weird because like Steph, Steph comes out for anything. Like she'll she'll come watch it, but this week or well on Wednesday. After lads have got their girlfriends come with them, because now they're now it's at this point. It is it's an England thing. You're into it. You want to watch yeah. it. Like my old man staying at home to watch it with my mum, because obviously she she's watching now as well. It is it's 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 not just a, a lads thing anymore. It's a full wide country yeah. thing. That Everyone's is jumping on the bandwagon, aren't they? Of course, we've been there from the start. But it's good to get people like that. People are buzzing for it, um, and just fingers crossed the boys can do it. Um, I was looking at um I was just looking at the uh, XG um for both teams so far. So Denmark's XG is the second highest in the tournament after Spain. Spain's is miles ahead. They're on fourteen point four and Denmark are on nine point one. And ours is five. Um but the XG against um ours is three point one, um, which is the lowest of any of the teams left. Um, the only two teams that have a lower XG against than us this tournament are Scotland and Netherlands. And one of those went out in the group stage and the other one went out in the round of 16. So it just shows to go, just goes to show how little we're giving away in terms of chances. Um, like the other night, 
the only real time that they caused us any problems was when we tripped ourselves up again when Walker sold Stone short and Uremchuk got through, and that was really yeah. the only thing picked for that to do all game. So it's going to be we're going to have to break them down. Um, we should really be building off that solid basis that we've been doing so far. Um, I just I, it, it's it's really presumptuous of me to say this, but I just can't see a way that we don't make the final, and we we should we should have that confidence now, and it feels really weird to say it. Yeah, I think the only way we don't make the final. Is probably penalties, and I don't want it to get to that stage. Because I, I, I fancy some penalties as well. I really do. The only the only thing they'll have with them on penalties, they've got Schmeichel in goal against penalty takers. He's probably seen, he's probably watched on their iPads probably every week for the last two, three seasons. But yeah. our boys got so much confidence. I fancy some penalties. I do. I, I, I don't think I have a problem with that. Yeah, um, Pickford's a good penalty goalkeeper, isn't he? He is. He's a very good penalty goalkeeper. I just, oh, I just, I just, I just don't want penalties, though. Oh, My no, nerves no, wouldn't be that. able to take yeah, it. No, it's no, with, no. Like, imagine that Columbia game, but about 10 That's times sem- worse. And a semi-final, yeah. No, yeah. No, I definitely don't want penalties. Um, right, give me a prediction, James. Uh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for a 2-0. I'm going to stay positive, and I think... Uh, it's not going to be easy, and I think the goals are going to be quite far between. Um, but I'm going to go for a 2 0 win. Come on, England, Mick. Give me a goal scorer, James. Sorry, I'm oh, sorry, goal scorer. I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for John Stones to get the first goal from a corner. Blimey, Blimey. that is Mick. a bold yeah. prediction. Yeah, um, talk to me. Uh, Two 0 stone. Sorry, I'm just making notes of your prediction. Um, oh, it's, oh, it feels like a cop out to say it, but I was going to say it anyway. I was going to go two 0 as well. Um, I'm going to back us to keep our eighth consecutive clean sheet, our sixth in the, to this tournament, which is just mad that we still haven't conceded a goal. It's just, I think only one other team in the history of um, a major tournament either the Euros or World Cup has kept the five kept clean sheets in their opening five games. Um, I don't know who that is, though. Um, so, they just dangled a carrot there, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, and, go and figure it out for yourselves. I don't spoon feed you everything. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go with 2-0. Um, and I'm going to go with the main man, Kane, again, um, who will, if he does um, score, he will equal England's top scorer in tournament football. Um, he's currently on nine, which is level with Alan Shearer and one behind Gary Lineker. Nice. I like that. Um, I'm going to go 3-0 England. I think we're going to score early. We're going to be ruthless. Um, I'm going to go with Sterling to score first and we score early and we're just dominant again. I think that's that's how I feel with this England side at the moment. I just think I don't <laughs> It's going to bite us in the ass. We're all too confident. Like it's yeah, fully going to. That's, that's, that's been West Ham fans though. It's fully going to built in us. Wednesday night's fully going to ruin my life. Like next week, um, but I'm confident. The boys are confident. Let's fucking do it. I'm just bring on, I'm bring just, on Wednesday night. I'm just imagine the scenes on Sunday if we if we're there. Um. I'm going to be a nervous wreck Sunday if we get through. It's I'm going to have some I've ever experienced, or any of us have experienced a final with England in our lives. I'm going to have to start drinking about it. Cut. You won't, what, in the evening, kick off? Up, just get up and have a beer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in absolute tatters otherwise. 
Right, we're, it's it's going to be one hell of a day. Let's put it that way. If we get there, let's let's just get through Wednesday night first, and then we can we can talk about what um, what the boys can do from there. So I think that's it from us. Jane, as you said, Jane will do his prediction with the boys as well. But we're at the end of the tournament. We'll, we'll put a list up of who done well, and I think Matt, you're leading with me just behind you. Is that right at the moment? Uh, um, yes, it is. With Skidders and James holding up the uh, Skidders and Jamie, sorry, holding up the bottom. Um, okay, so I'm just going to update from last week's because I hadn't actually done that yet. So oh, I'm going to give you so live, live when, that fourth, when that fourth goal went in, I was fuming. <laughs> I was probably only one in the country that's fuming because I predicted three 0 I was cutting <laughs> to remember Dale on the chat. I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was yeah, like no. No, the, um, <laughs> the table hasn't changed. Um, the only actual thing that's changed is Jamie's actually pulled ahead of James. So James oh, is sat rock bottom. Excellent. Right, <laughs> so that's it. That's it from us. Um, the, as we said in the last podcast, there's not a lot of West Ham news going on at the moment. But as soon as the tournament's over, we'll really start kicking into West Ham again. Um, there's there's preseason friendlies, I believe next. Next Friday, I believe we start. They're, up in, they're up in Scotland now, aren't they? I believe it's, I believe it's actually the ninth. Sorry, I believe they played Dundee on the ninth. Uh, there's some really good pictures on West Ham's Twitter in the last couple of hours. They're running on a misty beach this morning. Yeah, uh, it was actually one with noble friend seaweed or seaweed or bonner. Uh, <laughs> it's it it brilliant. It was like the capture was 23 years of pre-season and Mark Noble still being Mark Noble. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. And uh, his last pre-season as a West Ham player. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but it's good to see it again. Good to see them boys enjoying it, obviously, without Declan up there and without Thomas and, and Vlad. But they'll be all right. We'll I be did ready see someone saying season. that uh, they, they were surprised that Thomas and Vlad didn't just rock up on Monday morning <laughs> yeah, straight yeah. in. I see that. Yeah, knocked, <laughs> knocked, out on the, knocked out on the Friday. Would you turn up the pre-season training? Yeah, <laughs> um, hopefully, all the, all the boys get a bit of, get a good rest. Obviously, Declan and um, be it, be it De- Declan being this late into it will probably be resting right up to the start of sort of the season. Um wouldn't surprise you if he um, didn't have he weren't there for the first game or something like that. Yeah. Depends on you don't want to rush people back. At least go have a holiday, isn't he? Six weeks, isn't it? Six weeks. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Six it'll be six weeks. No. Be five weeks no, this it's weekend. quicker than that. It's the second week of August, isn't it? So five weeks this weekend. You'll probably get two weeks holiday, depending depending on how we get on, because they might not be able to go away straight away either. Because if you win the tournament there'll be functions and stuff like that then they'll have to go and have a rest and then be match fit again so and the hard thing is we're gonna have a lot more games this year when we need Declan to play we're not be able to rest him really at any point really so uh, we need to make sure he's rested up and ready to go for the season but as we said let's hope for the best on Wednesday night we'll speak to you all anyway before Saturday even if it's a loss Sunday um Sunday, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Hopefully, we will we'll speak to you. Who thought it'd be a good idea to let this kid host? Uh, I'll tell you what, it's been a long day, mate. I am knackered. Um, <laughs> we'll speak to you again before Sunday, even if we do lose on Wednesday. But we're not going to lose because we are England, we're at home at Wembley with 60,000 fans there. And the last thing we've all got to say is, Come on, you lions! Come on, come on you, you lions! Coming home, coming home. It's definitely coming home. Let's go.